It's a blessing to have you in our Soul Talks community. We're Bill and Christy Galtier. We help pastors and all kinds of people to thrive with Jesus in life and leadership. Today we're talking about our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. Long ago, God spoke to Moses, I am the Lord, your healer. That's Exodus 15, 26. God is still a healer of our shortcomings, sicknesses, struggles, and wounds. Let's learn more about how you and your loved ones and all the people you influence can access the grace of God that ministers divine life. Friends, I wish you could have been with us as we talked about the emotionally healthy Christian at New Life Church here in Irvine. Uh, so thankful for Jeff and Helen Sir who lead that church uh, here in our city. It's a blessing to partner with you, Jeff and Helen, and uh, glad to have you in our Soul Talks audience too. Well, one of the folks there, we had a, a room full of uh, eager disciples of Jesus wanting to learn about emotional health and wholeness in Christ. And Lewis shared with us, thank you for your talk on the Emotionally Healthy Christian. I really appreciated the invitation to work alongside Jesus without anxiety and with joy rather than straining in, in my work for him. And that is the big opportunity of life is to learn to do what we do not only for Jesus, which is critical, but also with Jesus. That's where the, the power the joy and the grace comes as we are trusting the Lord. And that is key to the life of emotional wholeness, which is what we're talking about today from our book on our new book, uh, available as a digital download on Soul Shepherding. It's a short book on healing prayer, uh, praying for emotional and physical wholeness. Today, we're especially talking about the emotional wholeness side of that. That's so good. So important, Bill. I know you and I really part of our decision to study psychology was knowing that as we read scripture, that certainly God intends for us to have an emotional and relationally healthy life. And that it's not just about believing the right things and doing the right things. And that was one of the things that was articulated at our relationally healthy leader retreat we did in July at our Soul Shepherding Institute. That was articulated as, oh, I'm so thankful I, I, I engaged with soul shepherding. And the reason was is because I kept thinking there must be something more than just believe and do in the Christian life. It just wasn't working for me. And this is a big key component, this emotional health and relational health that life with Christ offers us and gives us and intends for us. Well, one of my favorite things about the Bible is that the Bible is a, a book of emotional, relational wholeness. The, the life in Christ, the life of being Jesus' disciple, is, is good for our souls, is good for our heart, it's good for our minds, it's good for our relationships. And uh, that, it, it's so sad when, when those get separated and when... Uh, the Bible and Christianity becomes uh, religious or uh, grim and dutiful, and we, we, we miss the, the joy and the, the wholeness, the abundant life that is ours in Christ. It's really important that we are clear here that healing prayer isn't just for physical healing, that it really is for emotional healing too, and that we need healing in the areas of emotions. Because it's a way that we are, we're hurt. It's a way that there's a lot of um, spiritual attack in our lives. And 
that God wants to heal that, whether it's healing of really painful traumatic memories or whether it's healing of areas where we are vulnerable to having believed and received lies about ourselves, areas where shame has taken root in our life or fear, that actually God wants to heal us from that and free us from that. Yeah, and as as God ministers emotional healing to us through the the process and many aspects of our apprenticeship to Jesus in the kingdom of God, that uh, emotional relational healing uh, affects our bodies because it's, a, it's an interaction between our body and our soul. It goes, it's a two-way street. It goes both ways. What's good for our body is good for our soul. What's good for our soul is good for our body because they're joined together. One of the things we talk about in Soul Sharpening is that we're, we're wounded healers, that we are it's those very wounds, those very areas where we need healing, we need God's healing to touch, and then we receive it, that he tends to use us to bring healing to others. And once again, that's part of my story is, you know, receiving healing prayer, receiving more and more healing from the self-hatred and the shame that were such a, you know, a stronghold in my life have enabled me now to be a conduit of God's healing grace to others. So tell us more about that story, because uh, those listening, Christy, might be surprised to hear you say that you struggled with self-hatred. They might say, well, well, how could that be? You're you're a beautiful person, and look how God is using you in your soul shepherding ministry, and you have uh, family and friends that, that love you, so help me understand. Well, I think that understanding came just from some perceptions and conclusions I had drawn about myself and my life based on experiences I'd had in life, including just wrestling with the fact that I was born in a way that I wouldn't have been able to survive if there hadn't been intervention in my life. I would have died. And and so I think that knowing that instead of as a young and unconsciously just living with gratitude to God for saving me, I lived with this sense of I shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to be alive. I wasn't meant to be alive. God doesn't have a purpose for me, um, you know. That and I so I, I and I felt insecure as well. And then I think too, just because I was a child, early on in the hospital, you know, I received some abandonment wound in that. Uh, it was nobody's fault, but it was just you know, I, an ex- part of the experience of having to go in the hospital at such an early age, and so. I think I felt a lot of shame over that abandonment wound and how needy I was and how emotional I was. And so I turned that in, comparing how I felt on the inside to how others seemed, not having the confidence that others had, not having the security that others had. And so hating myself for that and feeling shame about that. And so that early trauma wound as an infant got carried into your life, uh, in your family, your church, your friendships uh, throughout your adult life of being a personality that is feeling-oriented and sensitive and emotional and tender and growing up in a, a family and a church and a world, so it felt to you, of thinkers and feeling like you don't, you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And so that reinforced this thinking and this attitude and this emotional experience as though I'm, I'm too needy or I'm too emotional or I just have these, mm-hmm. these problems. And all this uh, crystallized into this very painful pattern of, of self-hatred, self-judging, self-condemnation. 
Yes, and and then of course the enemy played his role in that, and that's one of the things that one of uh, a woman who has lots and lots of experience in deliverance ministry, who actually has come to call some some evil spirits, some demons as ministering spirits, because what they do is they come to these kind of wounds. They come to the areas of our woundedness in a way that there's like some false consolation we're receiving, that it feels like, you know, maybe we're, uh, we're, we're vulnerable there to some lies of the enemy and buying into those lies. And so that was certainly part of it for me too. And what happened was I received some lies that like, well, my feelings of self-hatred or ineligibility or shame were actually, they were actually righteous. They were actually good. They were actually, that's what humility is. That's what the Bible talks about when it says to hate yourself. That's what I'm doing. And so that reinforced that wound. Yeah, we call that a biblical uh, blunder that bruises and confuses. And yeah, that's very damaging there. So now even the, the scriptures and the, the word of God is being used uh, by Satan to uh, quote, minister, mm-hmm. unquote, mm-hmm. death. Right, that's right, yes. And of course, I, I didn't know it, I didn't see it, I felt it, but I didn't understand it. And so one of the things that she she testifies to, and I when I heard her say this, I was like, oh yes, I've so seen this, is that when God ministers healing to somebody's wound emotionally, then deliverance tends to happen at that moment too, freedom yeah. from that lie freedom from that being kind of held captive to that. And well, that, that that resonated as true for me. That's really helpful because sometimes uh, Christ followers in the church and so forth, we can not understand deliverance ministry and, and be spooked by it and not realize that it's, it's really related to healing ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is something we talk about in our healing prayer book, but in many of the instances where Jesus is, heals people, it's referred to as a deliverance, but mm-hmm. it's a healing. Mm-hmm. And so because, because that's what happens when, when God heals us physically or emotionally, we're being delivered from the Satan's works and deceptions and attacks and the, yes. and the death that he's seeking to bring. Yeah, and we might miss it, but you, you just think about Mary Magdalene was healed emotionally by Jesus. Right, it's referred to as she had these demons that were sent out of her. And of course, there are differing differences in culture and how people un- understand things. But the, the point is that there is an integration between healing and, and being delivered from darkness and death. Mm-hmm. And the woman caught in adultery, same thing, neither do I condemn you. I mean, there's emotional healing that was happening there for her. Go and sin no more. He was believing in her. He wasn't, he wasn't dooming her to this life condemnation and sin the healing power of god's grace when we take a hold of the hand of jesus and we we venture out in faith to walk as a disciple of our lord uh yeah so beautiful and grace is not only for forgiveness of sins which of course is the greatest healing of all but grace is also for life it's power for life and that includes freedom from shame and fear and depression and angry reactions and all these distressing, negative, um, emotional, toxic, emotional uh, behaviors that uh, disrupt our relationships, our families, and our churches. And so God wants to bring that healing and wholeness, and that's what discipleship is. It integrates with an emotionally healing path with Christ. And forgiveness is emotional healing. It's an important key in emotional healing. And sometimes it takes an emotional healing to really 
help us to enable us to fully forgive and get free. And sometimes it's the forgiveness is a first step towards the emotional healing, but they go, they can go hand in hand there. Forgiveness is such an important topic in our life. And, you know, that's, that's intertwined in our stories where we uh, have, we all have wounds from our childhood and no one has had perfect parents. Uh, You know, our children, there's ways that we've made some mistakes and and hurt them and they, they need to uh, be on their journey of uh, emotional healing. And a large part of that is, as you're saying, Christy, it's through, through forgiveness and, we teach the forgiveness is a process. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the, the healing prayer book also is that the process and steps of forgiveness and a healing prayer book is very practical. That's how we've designed it because, uh, and so we have a number of different healing prayer starters to sort of get you started in an area where you need healing from shame or healing from a resentment and you need to forgive or healing uh, as it relates to a painful memory and so there are uh, scriptures and, and steps in prayer. Uh, this is really simple. It's just a, a page or two that gets you started in reflecting and praying through an area of woundedness in order to get a better alignment with the abundant life of God through Christ to us and through us to people that we are praying for. Bill, so. how have you felt healing emotionally in your life? What's your experience with this? Well, one of the things that really relates to our topic of healing prayer uh, and the uh, life-giving power of the scriptures is growing up in a context where I'm raised as a Christian in my family and in the church and uh, taught the value of the scriptures and, and so forth, but then encountering ways that the life is not, uh, the, the, we're living is not healthy and wholesome. Uh, it's not uh, flourishing in love and joy and peace and uh, God's power. And so being really uh, struck by that and, and stressed and disappointed and uh, struggling with the gap between what I'm reading about in the scriptures and what I'm experiencing in my life and my family and my church and uh, where we, we didn't know very well how to talk about feelings and resolve conflicts and how to really put trust and faith in God to receive his grace in practical ways that uh, bless us in our our life and our lifestyle and character and relationships. And so really struggling with, well, if, if we're following Jesus, the Prince of Peace, then why do we have so much anxiety? Or if we have... Uh, joy unspeakable and, and eternal pleasures at the right hand of God. What's happening with the, the depression and isolation and, and shame? And how, how do we access this, this life of the scriptures? And so th- that became a huge motivator for me in my discipleship to the Lord and in my reading of the Bible and my participation in church was to understand these things. And reading in the, in the classics of Christian devotion that I began reading uh, late in high school and into college and seeing the, the vibrancy of joyful faith that these writers like A.W. Tozer and Thomas A. Kempis had and their freedom to just be totally devoted to the Lord and to be living in a conversational relationship with God where they hear his voice and they experience his love and they're, they're all in to write about God's goodness and serve the Lord in, in many ways to disciple other people to Jesus. Like, well, I want, I want this life. I want my life to look more like Acts where it's just full of God's presence and God's power and 
Brother Lawrence, you know, the famous monk who teaches us about practicing God's presence and re- reading his his book, and he's I experienced the presence of God, you know, in the noise and clatter of the kitchen, which I don't like working in the kitchen, but I had this great joy because I'm in God's presence and I'm as close to God there as I am in a church service. It's like, yes, I want this life, this abundant life that Jesus came to bring us, and I want to share this with people. So you have this vision of this, but it wasn't matching your experience in totality, and so it fed your desire to to learn and grow and venture on God in this area of emotional health and healing and wholeness. Yeah, that, and so the Lord led me to study Christ-centered psychology, and I, I felt called into ministry but I, the, the Lord said, I don't want you to go to seminary now. I want you to study psychology. This is what I came to understand through uh, over, uh, over time, talking to God about it and to people I trusted, reading the scriptures and so forth. I, I came to realize that God w- was calling me into the, the field of psychology to understand people and relationships because of all the, the wounds and brokenness that we have in the body of Christ. That's central to what we're about in soul shepherding is integrating spirituality and counseling and integrating that into the discipleship process that uh, the life of the scriptures is holding out for us the opportunity of fullness of abundant life in God. Christine, important issue on this path to emotional wholeness is being honest about our feelings. I'm so glad you said that, thinking about the verse in Jeremiah, God can't heal what we won't feel. Yeah, there, it's so um, uh, prevalent in our lives as Christians that we want to be good, we want to look good, we want to act right, we want to believe the right things, and we want to be healthy and so we are prone to deny our emotional struggles and insecurities and loneliness and anxiety and feeling bad and our frustrations. And we're prone to just kind of soldier on or put a smile over it. And that's a huge problem. When we repress our emotions, we're shutting down a whole area of our soul that God's created. And it closes off the spirit's access to that. And that blocks the emotional wholeness of life that God wants to bring us. And it it blocks the physical wellness also, because our bodies and our souls are so intertwined. Our physical well-being, our emotional relational well-being, they all tie right together. Uh, Our thinking is tied into our feeling. It all relates. So that's why the, the scriptures are so strong in teaching us, uh, particularly in the Psalms, about emotional honesty. And so a faith in God that is vibrant and healthy for our personalities and our bodies is going to be one that's emotionally honest. Search me, O God, and know me, the psalmist prays. And even in his crying out and trouble in Psalm 13 and other lament psalms, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? He's acknowledging his emotions there. And then always he he ends with putting his hope in God. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. It's a he's emotionally honest with his feelings, not hiding them or repressing them, but also affirming his trust, his interactive ongoing relationship with Jesus. Yeah, there's so much more to talk about in this area, and we just don't have time now. But this is the main 
emphasis in our book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. It's about these conversations and soul talks and ways of praying in which we are emotionally honest with ourselves and with each other, and so there's empathy back and forth, and how the power of God's healing presence comes to us through healing relationships, relationships that are authentic and vibrant and compassionate and tender. That is a major channel for grace to flow into our, our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our relationships. So we praise God for his great grace to us. Just even thinking of how Jesus responded to the emotions of the woman who lost her husband and then her son when he went over in compassion and brought healing to her son. Mm-hmm. She wasn't begging him or asking for him or even having faith that God could raise her son. She right. was just emotion, being honest with her grief and moved Jesus. And we can imagine there being some dialogue there that the scripture doesn't record because the scripture just sort of records the, the sort of the outline points. And because uh, I mean, if, if Jesus was to have come to her as some, unfortunately, some doctors that are sort of cut and dried about things and in their heads and just kind of doing their their physical duty, uh, which is so important, but we appreciate when they have, as we say, a great bedside manner that's friendly and hospitable and warm and talks with us and listens and gives empathy because that promotes the healing. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine Jesus like this, you know, heady, cut and dried technician doctor going in there to, to raise the, the widow's uh, son, it's like, well, I mean, hey, if he's going to raise her, it doesn't matter, you might say. But the point you're making is part of the resurrection, part of the, the, the faith that, that participates in, in that healing is coming out of the context of a relationship in which Jesus is warm and friendly and listening and caring. Scripture says he was moved with compassion. That's empathy for yeah. what she was feeling. Yeah, that means his, his heart was being uh, drawn in and, and opened up and bleeding out for, for this woman. Uh, he, he felt her pain, and he showed her that, and she experienced that, that care, and she experienced a, a, a spiritual, relational, emotional touch that ignited her faith and enabled her to receive the healing that Jesus and, and uh, God brought her. And his same empathy is available to us today. Jesus, how grateful we are to you that you call us into this life of emotional, spiritual, physical wholeness and health and vibrancy in relationship with you in your Father's world. Continue to, to bring your healing touch in our souls that we would respond to all of your love and grace and truth and overflow out of that to others the love and joy and peace that's yours to us and is available to anyone who's willing to humble themselves and come to you. Amen. We have so much more to share with you about healing prayer and the abundant life that God wants to bring you and through you to other people. So we hope you'll pick up a copy of our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. You can order copies on soulshepherding.org. If you want 10 or more copies, email us to get a special discount. It's a blessing to follow Jesus with you. 